Thank you, Jennifer. Good morning. That's pretty good. You guys are awake this morning. Good. We, we're gonna have, I hope we're going to have a little fun. I'm going to have a little fun. Jennifer was talking about uh, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving meal. That's been, that's been in our DNA since we started this church, for those of you who haven't been with us that long. We, we started it when we were at Pickett School, and I think we may have fixed, and somebody could correct, we may have fixed three turkeys. We fed some people, and we were excited about it. We didn't have a kitchen. It was, it was really, it's not that it's not hard work now, but it was really difficult back then because we just didn't have a place to prepare something. I, I, I saw, we worked through uh, the Thomasville Senior Services as one of the agencies we worked through, and they sent me their list the other day. I wish you could see it. It is amazing. People that not only want a meal, but they want to be with family, and they, they, they've come to know this as family. I've got one story I always share. There's a little lady that Tammy and I have just grown real fond of, and every year about July, she starts calling me. And, and I'm being serious. She'll start calling. She said, are, are you going to come get me? Are you going to come get me? Uh, and that's the kind of impact that, that she's done that every year since we've started this thing. It's, and she's already called me, and I've already told her. I said, no, ma'am, this year we're not going to come get you. You have to stay at home. Of course not, man. I can't wait to go get her. The thing that's going to be heartbreaking, and it could be me first, but one of these years, my phone's not going to ring. Uh, so we, we, we take every advantage we can to have an impact on these folks. But uh, I can't wait to get And Some of you guys know Miss Stroud. You've met her. She'll sit in here. She'll be the life of the party. And uh, it, it's just amazing. So if, if, you don't have, if you don't have plans and you don't have family, come be a part of this family. Come up and enjoy it. We're getting, the food is really good. That's, that's kind of a bonus. The food is really good. So I've been to some of these things. You've been there, and the food tasted plastic, and everything was, no, this is really good. This is good. So, This is journey food. That's right. Uh, we do not have a cardiologist on staff, so that's the downside. But we're going to eat well. But I would invite you. I would encourage you. If you've never, if you're just, and listen, if you can't stay the whole time, that's okay. Just come up here and hang out a little bit. We have no clue how many will walk through the doors. We have some idea of how many we're going to take out and how many we're going to pick up. We don't have a clue of how many is going to walk through these doors. So it could be overwhelming or it may be. It's never going to be underwhelming if one person walks through the door. It, it, it's worth doing. So I just encourage you guys. It's going, to be, it's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time. Got a question for you. Don't answer this. Don't answer it. Just think about it. How many of you worked on your attitude this week? How many of you worked on your attitude? Uh, yeah, some, yeah, several of you just said yes. Hey, listen, I did. I, I had to because mine went through, the, went through the floor a couple times. I mean, it's a, it's a work in process. But, I, you know, and some of you are going, well, I really don't need to work on my attitude. Yeah, right. I've been around you. You need to work on them, trust me. But, but I, I say that because last week I kind of gave you uh, an, an idea that I think helps with our attitude, and that is this, and I think we can always go to this, and that's Savior over situation. Savior over situation. So I would just encourage you as you go through the week, uh, just just practice that put it into place and and see what happens because i i just think it makes a difference i mean i caught myself this week literally several times going okay mark you you said it you got savior over the situation because the situation wasn't in my liking get that did you hear the words there my liking so my attitude but i'm thinking okay my savior has already overcame it so why don't i just base my attitude on my savior uh but but sometimes we need we, we gotta have compelling reasons to do that we have to have compelling reasons of why we should have Savior over a situation. And if I'm telling you that, if you're a follower of Christ and you know, you know a little bit about Christ, you, you know there's merit to that. You know the story of Jesus and, and what he's done. But you still don't practice it. I don't get that. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those guys. If you don't know Christ, you're here today and you don't know much about Jesus and this book we call the Bible and that it's made up of 66 books, then you wouldn't understand Savior over situation. But stay with me because we're thrilled you're here. You know, that's why we do this thing. We want you to come. We want you to learn why we believe Savior trumps the situation and will balance out our lives. It'll give us a better life, so hang with me. But for those of you who know the book, know the Bible, study it, and you still struggle with the concept of, of Savior, 
over situation. Let me, uh, I, I want to give you a few reasons just to kind of get started on why we, we believe that and why we think we should, we should practice that. And this is really, uh, this is really all I need when I start thinking about it. So let me, let me share some, some reasons that I think Savior over situation is something that should really affect our attitude. Matt and I have been reading a book, and we gave it to several of you guys, and Matt taught this to his kids the other day. Uh, if, if, you, if you can find a man who can predict his death and resurrection and he pulls it off, you probably want to follow him. I mean, that would be Jesus. You probably want to follow him. That gives me situ- Savior over situation. Let me give you some things about Jesus, the Messiah, that I think kind of tells me why I want to put him first and top. And these are, these are prophecies. Fancy word for saying somebody predicted it, and then later on it came true. So let me, I just, this is a long list, but I want to share some of these. These are just some of the ones recorded. The Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem, was, was told in, in Micah. It was fulfilled in the book of Matthew. Now, there's seven, eight hundred years difference there. So follow along, because that's going to be the principle on every one of these. Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem. We read it in Micah in the Old Testament, fulfilled in Matthew and Luke of the New Testament. The Messiah was to be born of a virgin. It was foretold in Isaiah, Old Testament. It was, it, we read about it in Matthew and Luke coming to fruition. The Messiah was to be a prophet like Moses. We read about that in Deuteronomy, Old Testament. Uh, it comes, we read about the fulfillment in John. The Messiah was to enter Jerusalem in triumph. Now remember what I'm talking about. These are predictions that come true, you're going, well, can they predict the lottery numbers? That didn't even wake you eyes up. Come on, man. Come on, come on. Get with me here. The Messiah was to enter Jerusalem in triumph. Zechariah uh, finished in Matthew and John. The Messiah was to be rejected by his own people. Isaiah in the Psalms, we read about it. Matthew, John, and Acts, we read about the fulfillment. Uh, the Messiah was to be tried and condemned. Isaiah, Luke, and Matthew give us the fulfillment. The Messiah was to be silent before his accusers. Isaiah. For finished in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Messiah was to be struck and spat on by his enemies. These are things you can't make up. You can't know that the Messiah, Jesus, is going to be struck and spat on by his enemies. But in Isaiah, Isaiah tells us that Matthew and Mark document when it happens. You start to get the idea uh, Messiah is now at God's right hand. We read about that in Psalms. Uh, we read about it uh, being finished in Mark and Luke. The Messiah was to be raised from the dead, one of my favorites. Psalms gives us that one. Psalms gives us that. Acts and Matthew gives us the, the completion of that. You start to get the picture? Savior over situation. Listen, if you, if, if, if you follow someone, if you follow someone and they can give you those kind of forewarnings, you might want to jump on board because that's pretty powerful and it's pretty potent, I think, in my, in, at least in my world, it is. So let me, I, I can't quit there, though. Let me, let me give you some, these are even better. Prophecy is amazing. But let me give you some more reasons why a Savior should, should always trump situation. Uh, Jesus, when he walked on earth, when he took on a bodily form, he did these amazing miracles. Amazing miracles. Let me, let me share a few of them with you. Think about then why a Savior over situation. I'll give you some, some brief, well, I'm not going to give you the scriptures. Tell me These are just some of them recorded. Jesus fed 5,000 people. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John records that. Jesus fed 5,000 people. We're going to be lucky. I mean, we're going to feed, I hope we feed 5,000. We can't get them in the building, though. But then I say that, and Jesus says, wait a minute, wait a minute. I can feed 5,000 with a couple loaves of bread and a couple fish. And there'll be, a, there'll be plenty left over. So Jesus fed 5,000. Jesus calmed the storm. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we read about that. This is, this is one of my favorite ones because today we went and got them. But Jesus sent the demons into the pigs, and then the pigs went into the, the lake and drowned. Journey Church went and got the pigs and barbecued them. I know you guys, you would have. But we read about that in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. 
Jairus' daughter is raised from the dead, or raised. Uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. A uh, sick woman is healed. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I'm just going to drop down. Blind Bartimaeus receives sight. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, a centurion's servant is healed. We read that one in Luke. Uh, Jesus walks on water. Pretty big stuff. We read about that in John. That's a miracle. Can you walk on water? You can't even swim in it. I mean, I, I can't. I'll speak for myself there, but Jesus can walk on water. Uh, Jesus restores a man's ear. We read about that in John. Uh, Lazarus is raised from the dead. We read about that in John. Jesus, let's see, ten lepers are healed in, in, in Luke. Um, a crippled woman is healed in Luke. A widow's son is raised in Luke. A blind man sees, uh, that's in Matthew or Mark. A deaf and mute man is healed in Mark. Savior over situation. Because this is his, this is his, this is his resume. Did you hear it? He's predicted the prophecies and the fulfillment and then his miracles here on earth. And that's, that's the way that should give us, that should give us great, that should change our attitude. That should absolutely change our attitude. But, you, but guys, I, I know how we are. Listen, there was a guy named Thomas that was with Jesus, and they call him Doubting Thomas because even when he saw the resurrected Christ, he still doubted. But I can't, I can't give you, I mean, there's plenty of these things. i got two lists of them up here. But there's so many reasons that we should elevate Savior over situation. That should affect our attitude. Should, should, should change our attitude completely. The list go on. And, I, and, and here's the crazy thing. Those are just the ones recorded. Because in the scripture it also says if they had recorded everything, the world wouldn't contain the volumes. That's a lot of books. That's a lot of books. So those are just a few, but that is pretty interesting. So I got to think about those. So that so savior over situation should form our attitude. So what should our attitude actually be then? And one of the things I think there's a lot of things our attitude should be, but this is this is one I think we could all work with, and, and you're gonna think it's a little little corny because it kind of rhymes but i did that intentionally is our attitude should be of our, we should have an attitude of gratitude we should have an attitude of gratitude i know you go man that's really cheesy that's really cheesy. but let me tell you about really cheesy things something i've learned is they stay with us they stay with i mean think about it. i couldn't help with this does anybody know eight seven six five three oh nine all day long now that's going to go through your mind and some of you young people have no clue that's jenny's phone number by the way okay you guys are as old as me uh, now we're together. Now, okay, now you're waking up. So you're going to remember that all day. All, you, you, somebody's going to be cussing me. I know your attitude's going down the tank. You're going, eight, seven, six. You, I, I'm trying to think here, Mark, and that's all I can think of. Well, that's the only downside to this because I want you to replace that with uh, today I'm going to have an attitude of gratitude. And I know it's not as good as eight, seven, six, five. You want to sing with me? No, no let's, don't, let's don't do it. I'm having too much fun with that. But we should, we should have an attitude of gratitude. It, it, listen, if we believe this stuff about Jesus, we have no reason not to have an attitude of gratitude. Let me tell you what's happened already this morning that's affected my attitude. We've been having problems with our fire alarm. Um, another morning, I'm up here at 2 o'clock in the morning with three fire trucks. It's pouring down rain, and, and I forget my glasses, so I'm walking in the walls. My attitude's kind of going through the floor. I mean, you get it. I mean, yeah, you're getting it. But then it hit me. I should have an attitude of gratitude because the building wasn't on fire. I should have an attitude. The building wasn't on fire. I should have an attitude of gratitude. None of the firemen got hurt. None of them were even put in danger other than to drive across the train track. I mean, I, so really, so I can find, I, there, I should have an attitude of gratitude to, to Jesus for that, that we were protected, that everybody was safe. I should be thankful. I mean, shouldn't we think about, we, listen, we get so caught up in what we don't have, we forget what we do have. I'm sitting there, poor, pity, poor pitiful me. I had to get up and come up here and, and check on an alarm. Now, let me tell you how, how it's going today. Guess what? 
the, the system's messed up. We've had the fire department up here this morning. And I'm thinking, now, we can't have alarms going off during the middle of the church service. So my attitude, I thought, whoa, 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 whoa. Same principle, Mark. No fire. Nobody hurt. They only sent one truck. They're learning. Man, those guys are sharp. They're learning. They sent out one truck and a policeman. And they wanted coffee. Good for them. No, I'm kidding. But, but, but seriously, I, I, an attitude of gratitude. I, I, and I really, I hope that will resonate in your minds, is, is that we develop this attitude of gratitude. Because I can't think of anything, anything, any better than, than having an attitude of gratitude for Jesus Christ. You, you, listen, you, you, can have, you can be grateful for what the world's provided you, but I can tell you it's fading and fleeting. It will not last. But I've got so much money, good, what are you going to do with it? You can't take it with you. Now, it's great unless people money buys happiness. I'm not sure if it does or not. I, there's nothing wrong with money, and this isn't about money. Money's awesome. Money's an innate object that would just lay here. It, it's when we worship the money that we have a problem. And again, I'm going to get off that because that was not the intent here. But, but money, money, I have no gratitude to money. Money doesn't do, I had to earn it anyway. And, and here's a secret, it ain't mine, it's God's. It's his to begin with. So my, my gratitude should be to him, not me because I earned it. No, he allowed me, I mean, listen, he gave me an able body. And, and so you kind of get, you can't get away from this. It, my, my gratitude is to Christ and Christ alone. Pure, pure and simple, it's just to Christ alone. So if we, if we have this attitude of gratitude, how do we express it? Let me, let me tell, i got to tell you guys this. You want to talk about gratitude? Let me tell you about gratitude, something that, that's just kind of blowing me away. Because here's what I know, is if, if we have an attitude of gratitude, we express it by being thankful. Okay, so there's one for you. So if you're going to have, how do we show our gratitude? We show our gratitude by being thankful. Well, what, what, are, we, what are we thankful for? What are we thankful for? Let me tell you what we're thankful for. And we talked about this last week or a week before. I can't remember. We talked about this. Paul's sharing this letter to the Philippians. And, and you'll remember this in chapter 2, verse 8. This is what Paul said. This is what you have to be thankful for. Uh, a man being found in the, uh, and being found in the appearance as man, talking about Christ, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. So my thankfulness is that Christ died on the cross. Not only did he die on the cross, but that he overcame the grave. That's what my attitude of gratitude is all about. I'm thankful that he did that because without that, I have no chance. Now, so how do we, how do we express our thankfulness? And we'll get to that in a little bit more, but let me tell you where, where we see that come to fruition. On Tuesday night, we do something called REACH. Matt leads it. It is amazing. If you know a middle school-aged child or a high school-aged child that, that needs, to, needs to draw closer to Christ, they need to be at REACH on Tuesday night. It, listen, it's church. It's what we're doing right now. They do it on Tuesday night. And Tuesday night, this past Tuesday night, was so special. One of the most amazing things I've ever seen. And I, I've seen some pretty cool things. But this, in, in my spiritual life, was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Matt said, I want to do baptism. I said, that's awesome. How many are you going to get baptized? Or how many will be baptized? I don't know. He said, I don't know. Had a few talk about it. I don't know. So we, we, you guys have been, we set the baptismal up over here. And Matt comes up here and he gets up here and, and, and just teaches this amazing lesson. And then he says, if you want to be baptized, come. And we just sat here. We just sat here. And then this young man comes out of the row, and he walks down, and he walks across, and we baptize him. Amazing. I'm so grateful for my Savior dying on the cross that this young man could profess his faith in Jesus Christ. It's cool. It's amazing. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah, come on. That's amazing. 
I'm thinking, thank you, Lord. Well, then there was another one got up. And they walked down the aisle. And they come up. And they walk across the stage. And before it was over, there was 11 young men and women baptized in the name of Jesus. Now, you want to talk about giving thanks. I'm going to give thanks. That was amazing. Let me tell you what else is pretty cool. We had two to accept Christ. We had one to rededicate their life. Yeah, you can applaud about that. I'm going to whether y'all do or not. I mean, Matt and I, every time, every, it was so funny. Every time Matt started to get out of the water, here would come somebody else. And then here would come another. And here would come another. And I'm sitting there thinking, this is what we give thanks for. This is why we should have an attitude of gratitude is because our Heavenly Father sent His Son who died on the cross so that we could stand up here and claim the goodness of Jesus Christ and so that young children, and not children, young men and women could say, hey, we believe, we want, to, we want to show our belief, we want to express it through baptism. I mean, Matt, we're just sitting, everybody in the room, I think, was sitting there going, oh, wow. I tell you what's so crazy about that. I think it started with obedience. I think there was a young man sitting there thinking, I can't sit in these seats any longer. I've got to go. And when he did, it opened the floodgates. It just opened the floodgates. So, so we show our things. I, I think that was just so um, amazing. So we, you know, there's some things about this that's non-negotiable. Our thanks is based on the fact that Christ died on the cross. And really, that's all we need is, is my, my thankfulness is, is really it's just based on the fact that Christ died on the cross. And that's, that's where we start from there, or we'll go with this. Uh, listen, let, let me tell you something else about this, because this is, this is so amazing. And Matt, Matt kind of touched on this a couple times. Christ died on the cross for you and I. He, he did. And, 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 you know, we talk about that event, and there's a lot of sorrow in that. I mean, because crucifixion is horrific. And, and we want to sit around and mourn and, 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 and sob and weep, and, and that's okay. That's not why Christ died on the cross. He, cried, he died on the cross so you and I could be changed. He died on the cross so that we would be changed. Not that we would sit around and mourn, because if, if that was the case, he wouldn't have come out of the grave, but he came out of the grave so that you and I could be changed. I'm eternally grateful for that. That, that's the gratitude that I have that my Savior who died for me, he, he came out of the grave for you and I. And, and, and listen, that, that's, what we're, that's, that's what it's all about. That's so powerful when I think about it. So we, we show our gratitude real simply. We, we just show it by being thankful. That's one of the, one of the things that we have to do. Uh, here's another way we should show our gratitude. And, and you guys know this. If you're a follower and if you're not, let me, let me tell you one of the ways I think as followers of Christ we, sh we show our gratitude. And, number, and, and it's really simple. It's by being appreciative and returning the kindness. It's by being appreciative. I'm appreciative that Christ died on the cross for me. So I need to return the kindness. You and I together need to return that act of kindness. And, you, you know, part of this, part of this is, there, there's lines in the sand. There's some lines in the sand. Some of them are non-negotiable. But, but when we're showing our kindness, when, when, we're, when we're called to, to stand up and, and show this gratitude, there's, there's, there's certain things that are, that are just drawn in the sand. And the one of the ways we show, show this and we, we return it is this. And this is what Paul told us in Romans 10, verse 9 through 13. Listen to this. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it, is with your, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, as with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As with the Scriptures, anyone who trusts in Him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all 
and richly blesses all who call on him. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's non-negotiable. You, you want to show God your appreciation for what he did? This is simple. You want to show Christ his, his, your appreciation for what he did? Call on his name. Just call on his name. Non-negotiable. That one's non-negotiable. If you want to have this eternal life that he, that he promised us through the death on the cross and the resurrection, then just call on his name. Just call on his name. You, you and I are called to do that. You, you, listen, if you're, going to have a, if you're going to be grateful for what he did, don't let it be in vain. Because you can sit there and say, man, that was pretty cool that he died on the cross. That's not enough. He says you've got to call on his name as your Lord and your Savior. Well, I'm a broken person. That's why he died on the cross. Everybody in this room was a broken person. Everybody. Please, and if you're sitting there going, I'm glad you're here hearing this. No, you were broken as well. We're all broken people. That one is absolutely non-negotiable. We have to call on his name. Don't, don't, don't let his death be in vain. And I'm talking about for you as an individual. Don't let his death be, be, be for no purpose. It was for a purpose whether you do or not. But listen, you want to show your appreciation, your kindness, then call on his name. Call, <laughs> call on his name. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. This is, this, is the guy, this is the guy that restored a shriveled hand. This is the guy that made blind Bartimaeus sing, this, uh, see. This is a guy that a, a girl is freed from a demon. This is a guy that fed 5,000. This is a guy that tops them all. He died on the cross and overcame death and sin and walked out of the grave. Call on his name. Call on his name. I mean, what, what else is there but to call on his name? I don't know how, how, we, can, how we can get around that. Pretty crazy, isn't it? Pretty crazy. I think it's kind of, kind of fun. Hmm. Th then the next thing is, well, how do we show his kindness? How do we, how do we show kindness? That's pretty simple in my world. I'll give you a good example. How do we return that kindness? This is a, a very small example. Thursday, Thursday, you're going to feed people. That's one way to return his kindness. He died on the cross. That's a pretty small thing to do. But we're going to take the time out, and we're going we're to feed people. And then, again, everything today, I think every one of these scriptures we've talked about in the last few months. But let me, let me share, share what Matthew records. And he records, these, these are primarily the words of Jesus. Well, they are the words of Jesus. And this is in Matthew 9. And I think this is how we return that kindness. We've been given a, 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 we've been given a, a task. Uh, uh, salvation it was paid for. But Christ said, I need you to do these things. But listen to what he said in Matthew 9, if you have your Bibles or your phone app. Then he said to his disciples, by the way, when he said to his disciples, he's talking to a small group then. I hope when I say that today, I'm talking to everyone in here today who has a relationship with Jesus Christ. You're now a disciple. And this is what he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. You want to return the kindness, then go out into the harvest field. There's, there's, there's so many people that don't have what we have. There's so many, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing how many are out there and they don't have what we have. You want, you want to show some gratitude? You want to show your kindness? Then step up. Step up. And, and, and listen, you're going, well, you're just trying to get volunteers. This isn't even about volunteers today. We, we're always looking for volunteers. I, we talk about it a lot. 
we always struggle with when we don't have enough volunteers. I've been in the church world a long time. I've never been to a church that says, man, we don't need any more volunteers. We got too many. I've never been to that church. I've never been to that church because some of you out there are going, well, they got too many volunteers. They don't need me. I haven't been to that church. We always need volunteers. But guess what? It's not because we need volunteers. It's because Christ said, listen, the harvest is plentiful. There's more to go. There's more than we can get to. There's more than we can reach. We, the, the harvest is plentiful. We just need workers. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. And, and you know, listen, I, Jesus being the Son of God, if he would have wanted to, he could have cloned you and I if we are workers and said, hey, okay, now we got thousands and millions. They've got more workers than we know what to do. He, no, I think he put the responsibility. I know he put the responsibility on you and I. He said, listen, I need you to go. I need you to return this kindness. I don't need it, but I want you to do it. Pretty simple, pretty powerful if you think about it. So return to kindness. Let, let me tell you, and I hear people say this all the time, well, I, I don't know what I can do. I don't know what I can do. Let me, let me give you an example. Christ died on the cross. I, he doesn't expect you. I don't think he's called any of you to take up your arms and die on the cross. I don't think so. Christ died on the cross. There's got to be something between nothing and dying on the cross that you can do. Oh, boy, that one hurt, didn't it? There's got to be something between nothing and dying on the cross that you can do to show your kindness and your gratitude to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Did you hear me? Something between nothing and dying on the cross. That's big. There's a lot of room in there. Yeah, and I get pretty passionate on that one because I hear people, oh, there's nothing I can do. You've got to be kidding me. Nothing you can do. People are going to die and spend eternity in hell. I believe that. That's not popular to say, but that's what I believe. And you're going to sit there and say, there's nothing I can do to repay what Christ did for me. Oh, wow. My attitude just got real bad, if you didn't notice, because when that's our excuses, that's pretty bad. Man, listen, I've already had this conversation. I feel like I'm teaching, preaching to the choir because you guys get out and you do. But we can do more. There's a lot of room between nothing and dying for Christ. A lot of room. So what? So, so, so if you've got, if you're, if you're grateful for what Christ did for you, then I just challenge you with that this week. What, find something between nothing and death. Please don't choose death. Christ won't. He's, <laughs> Paul talks about. It, he says, "Listen, I'd be better off in there, but I'm, I'm, this is good. I'm having. I'm reaching people." Man, we've got a lot of people to reach. Listen, this is about not Journey Church, but about local. It's funny, this service, this first early morning service, when we started, people said, you sure you want to do that? I don't think it'll work. Well, you guys have just about caught the second service now in attendance. It's starting to balance out a little bit, which puts us, if we'd have just done one service, way over our capacity. But look around you. Look around at the empty seats. Don't look at the people sitting beside of you. They're here. Look at the empty seats. You know, we count attendance. What we should count is empty seats. And, and not just in this church. Man, if you're visiting today with another church, you need to take this back to your church because you've got an empty seat today. I haven't been to one in this area that's full. Now, there's a few of them around, but I haven't been to one in this. Man, there's the empty seats. And if there's empty seats, the population in this county is 160-some thousand people. There's people that need Jesus. They need us to find something between nothing and death that we can do to entice them to come. And, and listen, you guys have done an amazing job of that. We, we built this thing on Acts 15. It's one of the things that's make it easy for them to come. You can walk in these doors. We don't care where you're at, where you've been. We don't care what you look like. You've got tattoos. You've got long hair. You've got short hair and a coat and tie. We don't care. 
Don't care what you've done. What We care about Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. And we are grateful. We want to show our gratitude. And we show our gratitude when we get off our dead butts. And we do something. You should say amen right then. Because I felt like you left me hanging. But I just believe that. Amen. Thank you. Man, that sounds Baptist. I grew up Baptist. I'm telling you guys, this is, this is, this is the real deal. I mean, did, did you get these lists? you want me to make you copies? How many of you can tell me in 700 years, I, well, I can get every one of them right. Where are you going to be in 700? Well, I can't get it right, but I can tell you one or two. You'll figure that one out in a few minutes. How many of, how many of you, come on, how many of you walked on water? I'm waiting. Come, come on, guys. I mean, we have a lot to be grateful for. We have a Savior who, who I gave you a list, and this is just the ones recorded of his miracles. Shouldn't we have an attitude of gratitude? And if we have an attitude of gratitude, shouldn't we show it? Shouldn't we express our, our, our appreciation through kindness and caring and serving and being the body that we've been called to be? I hear this in, uh, so many times, it's, it's kind of unspoken, but it's what I hear in church. Well, that's their job. That's their job. No, that's the local church's job. That's the local. Listen, I don't know why. And listen, guys, you, you, people say, well, how do we have a say? Well, you, you're, you have a say when you're here. You have a say because the same Savior that died for me died for you. He called me, Matt, to be the leaders of this church. I don't know why. I don't. But he has, and we're going to try to do it as faithfully as we know how. And that is to encourage you to be the best you can be and to show your gratitude for someone who died on the cross and rose up from the grave for you and I. I mean, that is our driving force. That's what pushes us. Because this I know, and this is what I love about this. Anything other than this, and I couldn't buy into it. He died for all. He died. Did you hear me? He died for all. But you don't know my friend and what they've done. No, he died for them. Well, you, you don't know my spouse and what they've done. No, he died for them. You don't know my child. No, he died for them. You want me to keep going? And somewhere between nothing and death, there's something I can do to repay that. I can't, listen, I'm always get nervous when I say things like repay. You can't, you can't pay for the salvation part. You cannot do it. The symptom should be you should do everything you can to try. Did you get the, the subtle difference there? You can't pay, but the, the, the symptom should be we should be out there trying. Because what we have, someone needs. What I have is salvation through Jesus Christ and someone out there needs it. And the only way they're going to get it is when the local church stands up and figures out there's something between nothing and death that we can do to promote the goodness of Jesus Christ. Let's show our gratitude. Let's show our gratitude. Let's do it through kindness. Let's do do it through action. Love, grace, mercy, all of those things. It's not that hard. If you don't believe it, I I tell you what, we'll have an in-house training session on Thursday morning, starting at 4 o'clock. You probably don't want to come 4.30. Your attitude will suck. I can go ahead and tell you that. (laughs) Somebody's going, he said that? Yeah, no, it'll be bad. No, it really won't because I'll go ahead and confess. We're going to eat breakfast really well. Really well. (laughs) But but come up here and take an on-hands training class. You want to see how to show your appreciation? Somebody's going to be sitting at a table. I guarantee you this. It happens every year. They're going to be sitting at a table by themselves. They're going to be sitting at a table by themselves. You know what they need? They don't need the food. They need the family. They may have Christ. And if they have Christ, they don't need Christ. They don't need the food. They need the family. Be the family. 
That's one of the things that's so exciting to me about this, this thing for Tammy and I. She'll get to spend a little time with her family on Thanksgiving Day. We lost our, her mother, my mother-in-law, years ago. We, we're still blessed we have family. There's people who do not have family. And that's just a misconception because you're talking about a family. Oh, my gosh, what a family. What a family. Man, I've seen you guys wrap your arms around people. I got to finish this up. I'm having fun now. Because that's how we show our appreciation. Man, we got family. We got family. I dare, I, I'll challenge you. Don't let anybody sit at a table out here by themselves more than 30 seconds. I don't know how many people are going to be here. Do not let it happen. I'll call you out. Hey, you. Somebody going, I'm not coming. He's crazy enough to do it. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Man, I we're going to show our gratitude. And guess what? When that's over, we're going to bake, I, I don't know how many thousands of cookies. We're going to show, once more, we're going to say, and people say, well, that's how you show your gratitude. It's a good start. It's between nothing and death. It's a real good start. We're going to show some gratitude in just about two hours. We're going to pack some shoe boxes. It's going to change some of our kids' lives. And it's going to, you want to talk about spreading the gospel? It's going to take it. I don't know where it's going to take it. Across, across the ocean to all corners of the world, some kid's going to open up something and say, why did they do this? They're showing their gratitude for Jesus who died on the cross and rose from the grave. You want, you want a kid's Bible story? Right there it is. This little box? All, this little box? This, this, and to them it's not a little box, man. It's, it's, it's a Fort Knox. This is, this is because some guy died on the cross. What you going to do with it, church? What are you going to do with it? Are you going to show some gratitude? Are you going to show some gratitude? I, I'm, I'm serious. Are you going to show some gratitude? Or are we, we going to be content to say, I can't find anything to do? Listen, it, I usually, if you're here today and you're a follower of Christ, man, it's time we show some, some gratitude. It's time we show some attitude, and attitude needs to be that of gratitude. An attitude of gratitude. And we do that a whole lot of ways by, 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 showing, by being thankful, by, by acting, by showing our kindness, by reaching out and stepping out. This thing ain't going to happen by itself, I can tell you that. It will not happen by itself. And yes, it could. I get that. Christ could snap his fingers and everybody come to Christ. For some reason, that's not the model our Heavenly Father chose. And I, I think I understand that, but man, that was one I struggle with. So as followers, are you going to find something in there? And if you're here today and you're not a follower of Christ, I would just say this, please find Christ. Please, please find Christ. And, and if you're not there yet and you don't, you don't believe, you don't understand, you're new, man, we are thrilled you're here. Come back. Just come back. Just keep coming back. Come talk with us. Listen, I want to hear what you got to say. And I'm not going to try to make a point. I just want to try to help them make a difference. I'm not here to beat you up that your points are wrong. You can teach me something. Not on Christ. If you don't have him, you can't. But you can teach me some things. Maybe you can help me understand why you don't believe. And from there, we can start building some bridges. So if you're here today and you don't have Christ, then I would tell you, please come back. If you're here today and you, you have a grasp and you think, I, I want this guy. He died on the cross for me and rose from the grave. I want this guy. Then, then we just believe this. A couple core tenets that he is who he says he is. He's the son of God. He's the son of God. Born of a virgin birth. I mean, that sets him apart from everybody else. Son of God, born of a virgin birth. Falsely, confu uh, uh, falsely uh, accused, crucified, dead on the cross. Three days later, three days later. Not, listen, there's a lot of people crucified on the cross. Three days later, my Savior walked out of the grave. Walked out of the grave. He had a barbecue. He had breakfast on the beach with his disciples. He came together. He says, guys, here I am. Feel, touch me. If you can believe that, then I would just right now bow your heads. Father, I am a sinner. I am broken. I, I, am, I, am, I am messed up today. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I want to have 
I want to be thankful for what you've done for me. And the first way I do that is by confessing and accepting you as my Lord and Savior. That's the thanks he wants. So give him that thanks today. Father, I'm a sinner. I'm broken. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Today, I, I become one of yours. Thank you, amen. Man, isn't that amazing? Sounds simple, doesn't it? Man, it, and it is simple. Let me tell you, it's a life-changing experience. doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect. The Bible promises us that. I hear people say, well, you Christians don't have perfect life. Well, guess what? This told me that. It told me I'd have trials and troubles. My question is, why don't we have more? So, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Let's pray. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you that we can come together. And today we can come together with a grateful heart. We want to show our gratitude by going out and serving you, by lifting you up, by proclaiming to the world who you are, the Son of God who died on the cross, who overcame the grave and walked again, Father, so that I and everyone in this room could have life. So we give you all the thanks. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Father, we, we read about the miracles that Jesus performed. We, we know about the prophecies and the predictions and how they came true. We have no reason, no, no reason whatsoever to have an attitude of anything other than gratitude and thankfulness. And we should express that by our actions, Father, because we do express it by our inactions as well. So today I just pray, I pray that this church, this body, I can speak for this body, that we cannot sit still that we cannot sit still, that we go out to, to spread your word and to change a community. And from this community, I don't know where you'll take us next. I can't wait to see. So thank you, Father, for all that you do for us, for all that you continue to do and all that you will do. And we pray these things in your holy name. Amen.